0: Welcome to the Addendum, A Thing Added. On this podcast, Pastor Eric Williams will add to, clarify, and supplement the most recent teachings at Fellowship Renewed Church. What is the will of God for my life? That's a big question, and it's a question that finds itself embedded into the text that we studied yesterday. And so I'd I'd like to take a little bit of time today to talk about the will of God and our discernment of the will of God with our life. I think a lot of people have questions about this, and so I think it's worthy of our, our time, our concentration here today, just for a few minutes. First question I want to ask is, what do we mean exactly when we say the will of God? Because I think it can mean two things. It at least means two things. One, is this what God would have me do? That's, that's the first thing it could mean. When you say, what is the will of God? You're asking, is this what God would have me do? Okay. The second thing that this could mean is what is going to happen? It's, it's, it's almost predictive of the future. Is this God's will? Is this what's going to happen in the future? That's the other aspect of, of the will of God. Uh, that we should consider uh, with this. I do have an example of a question that we could ask, and I've used this example in the past because I think it's a great example that draws together uh, potentially a conflicting component of, of answering this question. And the, the, the example question is Was the murder of Jesus the will of God? Okay, that's the question. I just want you to contemplate that for a moment. Was the murder of Jesus the will of God? Okay, and we're going to answer that from both perspectives. Is this what God would have, let's say, them do? But then also, is this what should have happened or was necessarily going to happen? All right, so first part of this, we understand that murder is never the will of God in the sense that it is evil right? It is wrong. So the murder of Jesus then was not the will of God. You could take that from so many different texts, but we know this because it's pretty explicit for us, at least in the 10 commandments, right? Or Mark 7:21, for from within out of the heart come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery. And so we find murder, um, Yes, in an old covenant context and in a new covenant context, murder is wrong. Murder is evil. And so we ask the question, is murder, specifically the murder of Jesus, back in that time, the historical context, was that the will of God? Well, if we're asking, was that what God would have people do because it's good? The answer? No. All right. So let's answer this from the other perspective. Um is this what God would have come to pass? So we have to kind of go back in time before Jesus was actually murdered, okay, and ask, is it the will of God in the sense that it's predictive of the future? Uh, Is it what God would have happen? Is it what God would cause to happen as the will of God? Okay, we answer that generally by saying, whatever God causes to come to pass is his will. Okay? Uh, that is, nothing escapes His will. Nothing occurs outside of His will. So the murder of Jesus was in fact, then the will of God. Uh, I'll give you two different texts for this, okay? Acts 4:27 and 28, "For truly in this city were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. Okay, so if it was God's plan and it was predestined to take place by God himself, was it the will of God then that Jesus be murdered? Because specifically the murder of Jesus is what's being referenced. If we go up to Acts 7 verse 52, which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one whom you now betrayed and murdered. Was the murder of Jesus the will of God? No, because it's evil. Yes, because it's what God intended to have happen. So, simultaneously then, the murder of Jesus is both the will of God and not the will of God. Okay? It's because the will of God has multiple facets. Okay? There are multiple angles to approach the will of God. So, we have to be careful than when we are defining our question. What is the will of God for my life? Are you asking about something uh, determinative of your future or something that God prepared beforehand to take place? Are you asking what God will do with your life? I don't know the answer to that. That belongs to the secret counsel of God, which we don't know. We don't know the future. But if you're asking, is this what God would have me do? Is this pleasing to God? That's a completely different question right? So I just want to make that distinction very early on. Okay. Um, you're asking, and we're going to fill in the blank here by by, by asking, what would God have me do under any given, given circumstance uh, as someone who is faithfully devoted to him? That's the question we're answering. What would God have me do as a faithful believer under any given circumstance? You can input if you have a current circumstance, just input, input that right there. What would God have me do with this thing? Given that I am a, I, I have as my, my desire to be a faithful believer that's committed to him, what would God have me do? And what we're asking is, what is the will of God? Okay? There are certain things we know, uh, for certain in given circumstances that are made explicitly clear in scripture, but there are many other things that are not, okay? So, in those circumstances, we have to apply biblical principles as we discern the will of God. And so, I want to give you first some very clear examples, and then uh, second, I want to show you where scripture actually points us in the direction of discerning God's will, Okay, so let's start first. Some very clear examples of when Scripture makes it explicitly certain of what the will of God is for a Christian. Okay? A couple of these. I have three. Number one, 1 Thessalonians 4.3. For this is the will of God. That's good. We like that. It's very clear, straightforward. What does it say? For this is the will of God, your sanctification. That you abstain from sexual immorality and, and, and so forth, things that were applicable. Okay, that are still applicable, but applicable in that situation. But he goes on to list some things that are examples of um being sanctified. So what do we know is the will of God for your life today? That you would be sanctified. That never changes. Okay, so if you're asking, what is the will of God for me? Not only in this situation, but for all of my life, every day, with every every thought I have and every breath I breathe, uh, it is your sanctification. That is always God's will for you. Your sanctification. You never have to question it. Okay, another thing. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So here's something else. Uh, that we know is always the will of God. It's a difficult one, but in any given circumstance, uh, it says, give thanks in which circumstances of life? Give thanks in all circumstances. Why? This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. You never have to question it. It's made very clear that in every circumstance we are to give thanks what is god's will for me today knowing that i've experienced this detrimental reality right whatever it may be for you i know for certain that god's will for you today is that you would be sanctified and that you would give thanks in every circumstance that you find yourself in that is always true uh, another another clear example from scripture comes from first peter 2:15 It says, for this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Okay, so this is telling us that in all circumstances, that our conduct ought to shine out to the unbelieving world. Okay, more to say on that one, but I I, I think this gives um, some good precedent for moving forward. All right, there are clear examples in Scripture of, of things that are the will of God and it's very clear and, and they permeate all of life and all of life circumstances okay so, so that's good so what is the will of God for you today uh, your sanctification uh, that you would give thanks in all your circumstances and that you do good and let your good shine through to the world not only believing world but also unbelieving world both of those are true Okay, And it would silence the ignorance of foolish people. Okay, so next. When Scripture itself then indicates that we must be in constant practice of discerning God's will, because although the things we just talked about were vague, general realities, how does it play itself out in each and every given life circumstance and everything that presents itself to you? All these questions we have, Right. Um, a job offer was given to me when I already have a job that's good. What is God's will for me? Should I take this job or should I change to this job? Should I, what should I, I don't know God's will and I don't want to get it wrong because I don't want to mess up my life. You know, that's a, you put yourself in a very difficult situation right there. And so I hope that this is helping you in those, in those circumstances. Okay. Uh, So here, I believe I have three here again. All right. Uh, these are good go back and go back and read these in their fuller context but first we're going to look at romans twelve one and 2 i think this is probably the most helpful one uh, but the others are are, are equally um, uh, beneficial when we're talking about the will of god but i think this one is is uh is of primary importance because uh it helps us with a full scope of this reality. All right. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Okay, so God's will itself is good, acceptable, and perfect. But we must, according to the whole counsel of God, to the Word of God, be in the practice of testing all things to see if they line up with the will of God, which has been revealed to us. That is, according to the truths of the Word of God as we have them. Okay, so that's why it's so important to understand the Bible properly. Um, Because if we're asking these big life questions... And we interpret a text incorrectly and we come to a wrong view of what God has said, then we're going to make a wrong judgment call in our life. Okay? What you're going to find here is that when you do this, you're going to find categorical distinctions, categorical differences, and you're going to end up being left with a freedom of options. Because you ask this question, you're like, well, I could do this, and I could do that, and I could do that. All of them equally seem to fit inside the will of God. So what should I do then? Well, that's where you limit yourself if you say, I don't want to do the wrong thing, right? Um, And you shouldn't limit yourself like that because the Word of God doesn't limit you like that. Uh, When you have this freedom of choices, you have a freedom of choices, okay? For example... Marriage, good. Singleness, good. You're free. You have a freedom of choices within the will of God. Now, there are specifics that that Paul gives concerning marriage and singleness, um, where he gives help and indicators, right? Um, but ultimately, he says, listen, if you do this, good. If you do this, good. But just make sure that your life is properly ordered, right? And it's according to biblical principles. All right, So these categorical differences are are what you'll find. You could ask, does scripture explicitly or implicitly call this thing evil? If it's evil, then you are not free to do that thing. That is, it's not in line with God's will. Or you could ask, does scripture explicitly or implicitly call this thing good? Then you are free to do that thing. It is in line with the will of God. Okay. Let's just look at these two other texts. Ephesians 5, 8 through 11. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. It says, verse 10, try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. So, here it is. We, we have to try and discern. Scripture itself is telling us, listen, every little thing about life and every context and every historical situation throughout all of human history, every such situation is not listed in the Bible. And so, we have to discern the will of God, right? We have to discern what is good and right and true, okay? I've used that little phrase right there from Scripture, what is good and right, and some have wondered, aren't you just saying the same thing? Uh, but, but no, something can be good, but not right in the sense that it's not fitting, right? Marriage is good, but it not, might not be right for all. Okay. So we have to then discern those realities from the word of God. Okay. Final one here. Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. About this, we have much to say. It's hard to explain since you've become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So you're telling me there's not a list in Scripture of all the good things and all the evil things, and I just need to go reference it and flip to the right page and find it. And that that's accurate. There is no uh, full list of all that is good and all that is evil. But instead, we are given principles uh, to then go and apply, and that is why we must... It says, the ESV says, powers of discernment. What, what this is referencing is is better said as as your faculties or that thing inside of you that enables you to make judgment calls. Okay. And it's not simply as a human being, but as a regenerate human being with the spirit of God inside of you. Okay. So it's something every believer has. Uh, solid food is for the mature, those who have their powers of discernment or their ability to discern trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So Um, we know that we are to be going throughout life constantly making this distinction and we're judging constantly everything that comes into our life. Is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? Is this free for me to do because it's the will of God or is this not free for me to do because God calls this thing evil? And so when we ask, what is the will of God for my life? There are some things we know very clearly and other things that we have to be engaged in and we have to be informed by the word of God and then we have to constantly be in practice of making this distinction between that which is good and that which is evil. And this is the life that God has called us to. Thank you for joining us on the Addendum Podcast. For more information about Fellowship Renewed Church, visit frcsparta.com. Please join us for next week's episode.